intro. Da 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 That's my intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Attitudes with Andy. Today is very exciting. We're talking about two of my favorite topics. We are combining food and mental health together with dietitian Holly Hoskins, who is also the co-founder of Mood Foods, a program educating people all around how food can affect your mental health. So today we will be talking all things food and mental health and breaking that down. So welcome, Holly. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. I know you're a busy gal these days. <laughs> Always time for Andy and her attitude. Oh, <laughs> we love that. So I thought we'd just kind of jump straight into it because we're going to be breaking down gut health, um, which I know you're very passionate about. Love gut that. girl. <laughs> so let's start off with what does your gut do? So your gut is a incredible piece of organ that your body has. It's about nine meters in length and it is responsible really for putting your body into action. So I guess behind closed curtains, your <laughs> gut is responsible for absorbing all your nutrients and vitamins and minerals um, from your food. And once that's all done, it, it has a large effect on a lot of bodily functions. So whether it's your hormone production, your energy production, your skin health, um, your immunity, um, you know, your serotonin and dopamine, which are neurotransmitters. So through recent years, we've known your gut's really, um, you know, um, responsible for a lot of these things. But in recent science, and as it develops, um, it's becoming very clear that your gut is also really um, affects your mental health. Jesus. So it sounds like your gut does everything. It's a little champion. Your gut is your second brain. They say it's the size of a cat's brain down there. Doing its thing. <laughs> I don't know what a cat's brain looks like, but... Well, let's just think cat brain. <laughs> <laughs> For people who can't see, I'm doing a good shape with my hands, <laughs> the size of a cat's head. <laughs> Nine meters in length though, that is crazy. Crazy, and so it's all squished up in there, um, and it is an absolute powerhouse, and we have to really start shifting a lot of our daily you know, needs and wants around, giving our gut what it needs <gasps> to thrive, Oh my god! in my point of view. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited for this. Okay, you talked about how it fit affects your mental health so like how does food affect your mood how does a food affect your mood so i think we all know when we um you know we don't eat good food we don't feel well absolutely yeah but what um the science is really showing is that you have an absolute environment um, of gut microbiomes fungi um microbes all of these bacteria, trillions of them in your gut and they're all responsible for their for different things but the key here is that we have to give our gut and all of those um, bacteria and viruses and microbiomes what they need in order to thrive so they can do that. And when it's coming down to mental health, they say, I mean, just to kind of keep it clear, you know, they say mental health is inflammation of the body. Mm. So if your gut is inflamed and all of those um, bacteria and viruses and microbiomes are inflamed, you know, that's a highway to your brain. Second of all, 50% um, of your dopamine, so the way we feel pleasure, is created in your gut. You know, 95% of your serotonin, so that's the way we feel happiness, is produced in your gut. So these Whoa. are just two really key um, statistics that prove that if we're not feeding our gut what it wants, you know, these things do suffer. And that's really a 
kind of good way to picture how it relates to how your gut relates to your mental health. Whoa, that is crazy. So just going back a little bit, you said gut microbiome and we need to feed it and all of that. Can we break that down? Like, what is that? What is your gut microbiome? So the gut microbiome plays a very important role in your health by helping control your digestion um, and which benefits your, you know, your immune system and all those other things that I um, spoke on before. So when you have an imbalance, so you will always have good microbiome and bad microbiome. um, And so you don't want to have all good, um, but it's when our diet and lifestyle affects that gut microbiome and all those little bacteria and viruses and fungi that live in our gut. And then when they become unbalanced, that's when we see a lot of these big functions um, suffering. Right. And you said um, depression is inflammation. What What is inflammation? Like inflammation in the gut, what's that? What is that? So I guess when we think of inflammation, I mean, for many years we thought our brain and our gut were completely separate. So mental health was of the brain and the head and, you know, all your gut health was of your, of your belly. But now they're saying that inflammation of the body um, is a big trigger for mental health. And so when we think of inflammation, think of when you roll your ankle. So when you roll your ankle, it's alarm bells go off and it starts swelling and it's like, holy moly, we <laughs> have an injury <laughs> so you can't walk on your you don't go for a run after you roll your ankle you can't walk you don't sit there bending it no because you make it worse so when we talk about inflammation of the body if if you imagine your gut is on like a little pile of light in the bottom of there and if you and diet is the leading cause of inflammation in the body whoa so if you're continually adding fuel to that fire you know, your gut is an alarm state. So alarm bells are going off. All the bugs aren't doing what they want to do because they're in the state of emergency. And that's sending signals up to your brain. So when we think about inflammation and how we can control it, um, so that's where I really, myself and Amanda, my um, co-founder, um, we're really passionate in educating people about diet and inflammation. And if you think of their typical Australian diet, you know, they're putting inflammation into their body in every meal. So we're really looking at educating people about how to eat to help decrease that inflammation so we're not causing our gut to be in that alarm state 24-7. What, what are high inflammation foods? So high inflammation foods are your things like your westernized diet. So ah. fast food, junk food, processed food, chips, lollies, ice cream, all of these foods that are highly processed, high in sugar or saturated fat are, let's just um, imagine them as little firebugs. <laughs> so when we're eating them, you know, we're continually adding fuel to that fire and causing that gut to be in that alarm state. Right. Okay. Oh, this is so juicy. I love so this. So juicy. Um, okay. So how do we then get good gut health? What foods can we eat? Ooh, the magic answer. So if it wasn't <laughs> a pill, if I said, I could give you a pill, I'd be the richest dietitian in town. But essentially it is no pill or potion. The anti-inflammatory diet is the Mediterranean diet um, or oh. um, the science that mood food's based on. It's called the modified Mediterranean diet. So it has okay. elements of the Australian diet in it. But essentially... Like a meat pie? <laughs> <laughs> like red meat. <laughs> meat pie is inflammation. Uh, yeah, that's um, So essentially the anti-inflammatory diet, again, no pill or potion. We're talking whole foods. So... Whole grains, fruits, vegetables, extra virgin olive oil, nuts, dairy, red meat, chicken, but lean meat. So cutting the fat, because fat is inflammation, off your meat before you cook it. Um, And as you go up, then you finally, you've got your extras. So you can still eat, you know, your favorite treats, but your foundations need to be those foods that I just mentioned before. Right. So 
live there and then just visit absolutely yeah (laughs) inflammation we'll call it Um, i didn't want to be like bad good foods apparently that's not that's not great to label food no but yeah definitely and there's actually a lot of food that you should be eating every single day so a lot of the times we find that these highly processed junk foods um they appear in people's diets because they're unorganized. They're mm. eating on the run. The way we eat now is so convenience driven. Yes. Um, and this is really, really, really affecting the quality of your diet. Right. Okay. So would you say like, how can people get convenience, but healthy food? Would you say like meal prep, organized? Yep. So um, essentially you got to, to eat, if you don't, if you plan, plan to fail is Failing to plan is planning to fail. Yes, So essentially, if you want to eat healthy and you want to be able to, you know, eat an anti-inflammatory diet, you have to be organized. Yeah. Um, So the majority of your diet is planned. Of course, we have to eat on the run sometimes. Of course, we don't bring a lunch every single day. But then it's planning out, like, you know what you're going to get. So for me, I work in the city. I know if I forget my lunch, um, my convenient meal is going to the metro um, and getting a bag of salad, a can of tuna, some chickpeas, and maybe some rice. That's I remember my- you telling <laughs> me that, and I literally knew that. It's so good. Yeah, so that's my takeaway. And so you have to think, you know, is your regular takeaway, you know, a burger and chips? Is that what you do every time you forget your meal? And does that add up across the week because mm. you, you know, think life gets in the way? Yeah. You know, if you are going to Subway, you know, there are good and bad choices that you can have at Subway. So, you know, choosing things like your wholemeal bread and, and your salads and, and good lean meats, um, you know, sushi, all of these things, there are great elements to them, but you have to think, are you getting in your whole grain still? Are you getting in enough fruit and vegetable um, to make it a healthy meal? And um, that's definitely something that comes with education. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely consulting in a nutrition professional. Um, if you are going to a dietitian, you know, if you are buying food out, be like, this is my area. What's my best picks to make sure that you are not falling into that trap. Yeah. Time. So do the best you can in the situation. Yeah. <laughs> but be prepared. Be prepared. And, you know, don't, don't leave each meal to, to when you're starving. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when we're starving, sometimes our reactive brain takes over and we just gobble all this food before we even realize. Uh-huh. You know, we're meant to eat every four to six hours. So have your three meals, have your two snacks. Don't go to dinner like uh, the ravenous cave woman or man that you that you can be. Yes, <laughs> I, I pre-eat when I have events so that I'm not just like the snacking board just like demolishing Exactly, it. you know, I have to have something in afternoon tea because otherwise just a bit out of control you know yeah. <laughs> so famished and that's normal that's human that's because we need to keep our energy levels um you know constant we want to stop prevent ourselves from really dipping and go, having our low lows and our high highs plant diversity can we touch on that bad boy yes um i have read a few books on gut health but i'm not the expert you are but <laughs> they all talk about the one they touch on the blue zone we talk about that and then also if you know about it and then also the plant diversity and how important that is for your gut yep so plant diversity that's um that's really um that's it's quite a fun challenge so we for mood food we just released the mood food plant 30 i did see that 30 different plant foods in one week um, and that's because, you know, as I said, you have trillions of bacteria, microbiome um, in your gut and they all need different things. So eating a, the same thing every single day for years is just as problematic, um, you know, as eating a lot of, you know, bad inflammation junk foods because we're starving a lot of that, those gut microbiome um, of their type of food. So right. variety is good. So eating the rainbow. 
Um, and easy ways to do this is, you know, buying those salad bags that are already pre-mixed. Mm, um, I love those. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> Herbs and spices, using them to flavor your food instead of, you know, salt and pepper, uh, you know, instead of salt, you know, use your herbs, spices and chilies. Um, but one way to really do it is go to the Mood Food um, Instagram Woo-hoo. or DM us and we'll send you a plant 30 um, because once you start tracking it, it makes it much more obvious, you know, where you are doing really well and, you know, where you're not doing so well. And it's so fun because if you have like porridge, you can be like, oh, I'm going to put some hemp seeds, I'm going to put some walnuts and like, and then once you start counting, you just get a little obsessed. <laughs> you do, exactly. And in a fun way. In a fun way. And if you do have your, that cool, you know, sometimes you might start the morning with 10 plant foods, but that's your morning, but every day you still have to be mixing up because it's 30 different plant foods. Yes. So your 10 starts on Monday, which is awesome. That only means you only have 20 to do for throughout the weeks, which is great. Um, but that was one trick that a lot of people are falling into saying, oh, I've done 20, but you're eating the same food. Yes, you need different ones. Yeah. I forced myself to try a new fruit or veggie each week. Oh, you have you run out yet? Um, <laughs> well, some I've had a bit of uh, moving in my life, so I'm not going to lie. I've had a little bit more basic like rice and the same veggies. But when I'm like in my home yeah but um i had eggplant this week have you not tried eggplant no i mean sorry sorry not that i hadn't tried it but something i don't usually Usually eat eat. yes i love eggplant i'm obsessed with it i could probably eat half nearly a whole eggplant it's so good but i I learned that you have to know how to cook it the right way yeah i i really um enjoy roasting it so cutting it up and then your salt and pepper um eggplant does love salt yes um so it's good but you really want to roast it so the whole inside gets a bit mushy Um, and then if you are cooking it in a stir fry or curry you have got to cook it enough that the middle is stopped it's not spongy anymore I find sometimes if you cook it too quickly then it comes out and it's still a bit spongy wow you're an expert yeah and (laughs) or you can cook them on the open flame that's a good one because it's a little char grilled flavor oh delicious and also you said that they can find you on instagram what's your instagram oh it's mood food underscore nutrition oh my god so go join the 30 30 30 plant food challenge and get us involved let us know how you go i need to enter in this yeah if your friends don't care about what you eat you know we do (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i love posting on instagram tagging you guys (laughs) you make me feel good no we love it when you do um okay so how do we know that we have good gut health or bad health. Yeah, I think you um, first. I think a lot of people first up know when they have bad gut health. I mean, there is a lot of symptoms, and it's hard because it, you know a lot of symptoms you never know real it's coming where it's coming from. But mm. IBS, um, irritable bowel syndrome, so diarrhea, constipation, bloating, um, all these things are signs and symptoms that your gut is unhappy. Yeah. Um, even if you get sick often, so seventy percent of your immune cells are produced in your gut. Oh damn. So you know if you're getting sick often, if you have bad skin, um, all of these are early warning signs that your gut is unhappy. If you have obviously pain, obviously go see a GP if any of these, or go see a dietitian if you are experiencing of these. But these are just early warning signs that you know something may not be right, or you're not feeding your gut bugs right. Yeah. Um, and then to add on to that, you know, as a you know, if you do have high cholesterol, blood pressure. Um, all of those chronic diseases again that's another sign that your body's not doing right so mm. with those um obviously you see a gp but you know diet um is a really number one lifestyle intervention that you need to look at because none of these things are going to be working well if your little gut is inflamed or not getting what it wants damn okay so that's how you know if you have bad gut health how do you know that you're, you're doing good 
<laughs> I think everyone knows when they feel good. If you think back to a time, say if you're not feeling so good right now, think back to a time when you were feeling really good. You know, what was going different? What was different in your life? You know, what were you doing? What were you not doing so well? What were you doing a lot of? And I think we cherish the times that we feel good, you know, because sometimes in this day and age, it can be quite rare that you have, you know, nothing going on. With your health? Yeah, with your health and your gut health, you know. Um, So if you have good gut health, I would say that, you know, you are hungry, you're eating foods, you have regular bowel patterns, um, you know, you can exercise and you've got good energy production, your hormones are in level. So there's so many things that can be you know, um, affected if it's negative and so many things that you might just take for granted if you're doing well. Yeah. Um, but generally, I think a lot of people know if you really dig deep, you know where you're at. Mm, <laughs> I like that. So can external factors affect your gut health? Like can lack of sleep, exercise, stuff like that affect Absolutely. your gut? Absolutely. So when I think of lifestyle, I really think it goes sleep nutrition exercise because if you're not sleeping right you're definitely not eating right and if you're not eating right you're definitely not exercising um we need to start thinking of health as a holistic thing you can't be really good at something and just not really good at the other ones and yes. not paying attention it all so goes hand it's hand. all hand in hand and you're the best version of yourself when you are sleeping right eating right and exercising and if one of those um are failing you know you definitely feel that in your health because it is a holistic approach and everything is linked yes everything does link because it's like if you don't eat right or exercise then you're not going to sleep right and then because you didn't sleep right you're not going to eat right and then it's just like a vicious cycle a vicious cycle exactly 100 and i don't blame you know people like oh like i had a pie at 3 p.m so i didn't really feel like going for exercise like i don't blame you like i don't want to exercise after i eat meat pie either yeah we got to start doing that so we, so we do do the things that we love and we know are good for us yes i like to always think whenever i'm about to eat something i'm like how is this going to make me feel love that we love telling people that too oh it's a good way to think about it um, yes and it's just mindful eating as well you know mm. we react and eat really quickly but if we just take that second to think you know do i want this do i need this how's mm. this going to make me feel yeah sometimes it will change your decision hopefully yes and then how would you um what advice would you have for someone who's like obviously wanting to eat for good health but then also like live your life and not be scared to eat a pizza once in a while yeah i mean that's exactly how i live my life so um my foundations are just strong you know every day i know i'm eating good food so when it comes to pizza night i'm so happy to divulge divulge <laughs> demolish demolish the pizza but when I wake up in the morning I know my breakfast is good so yeah. I don't have any guilt stress around that I don't like to do it every single night because I know it doesn't make me feel good yeah. but it's you know 80% you need your foundations to be strong and yes. then you have that 20% room to live life and party <laughs> have you seen that that clip of just Kimmy K just being like, I'm just living my life. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, but I can imagine. <laughs> you're living your life. Um, I'm living large. What about stress? So what if you're eating well, but then you've got all this stress and chaos in your life and maybe you're not doing things like breathwork or meditation to calm down. By the way, we did a breathwork session before we, we did. <laughs> recorded this. Holly was like, yeah, if, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a really good question. Andy. So if we think back millions of years ago, when we were warriors, um, we have a thing called acute stress. So if I wanted to go, you know, 
um, hunt down this tiger, my body goes into fight or flight mode. Um, so it wants all the energy it can get because it needs to go hunt down this lion or tiger. Yeah. And so your body stops using energy in places it doesn't need when you are stressed. So, mm. aka your digestion. I don't need to digest when I'm going to go hunt my lion. So if we're back millions of years ago, we go hunt our lion, we go to fight or flight, then we bring it back and we go to rest and digest. And that's when we start doing all those things that your body needs to do um, when it's in that rest and digest stage. But if we fast forward to today, so millions of years, we're still the same human, but our environment has changed. So instead of having acute stress, um, a lot of Australia, a lot of the world are suffering from a thing called chronic stress. So they wake up, the kids are yelling, they run out of breath, they get in the car, there's some traffic, they honk the horn, they walk in, their boss is yelling at them, something didn't go through, hate their boss, you know, get texts from their friend, and then they do it again. And again, so it's just like constant, constant stress. stress. So your body's in a constant fight or flight mode. And when we have oh. stress, just like your inflammation of your swollen ankle, you have alarm bells going off. And so your body can't do the things it needs to do to, um, you know, to thrive. So they say that um, one of the best indicators of chronic stress can be visceral fat. So production, because your body's just not digesting properly right. and it's um, causing, promoting fat storage. Yeah. So you might know someone who is just eats well, they exercise, they do all these things, but they're just so stressed mm. and they can't seem to lose weight or, you know, do all feel healthy and all these things. So stress is such a huge one and it's such a chronic condition of our day and age and it has such an effect on your body. Your body's in constant alarm. So you really need to figure out, first prioritize, you know, what is making you stressful is having an impact on yourself, your family or whoever's in your house. Um, And obviously a lot of things are unmodifiable. So you can't really, sometimes with stress, you can't change a lot. Um, But there should be some things in there that, you know, you should be able to modify. Um, And other things that add stress and inflammation to the body are things like diet, exercise, no exercise, and like substance. So these are three very modifiable risk factors. So alcohol and drugs. Oh, drugs. (laughs) Drugs. You know, all these three things add stress to your body as well, but you're in control of these. Right. So a lot of the time, you know, if you, you know, finance, your job, the things you see at your job, all these things are out of control, but what you eat, what, how you exercise and, you know, how you ingest drugs or alcohol are in your control. And yeah. maybe that's your first step to really focus on those because um, they are modifiable. And then adding, I guess, like things that help make you feel calm. Absolutely. There. Find what makes you feel good. So whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, um, whether it's going for a walk, getting in nature, there's so many things, but you've got to figure it out because being stressed all the time does not have a happy ending. No, no. It's not fun either. No, <laughs> it's not fun. I did that first year of uni and then I was like, you know what? This is not a vibe. No. <laughs> I don't like I'm this. just going to go with it. Okay, so what are some simple, actionable things people can do to get good gut health? Say if they're listening to this and they're like, holy schnitzels, I have white bread for breakfast, I have a meat pie for lunch and a burger for dinner. So they are starting from scratch. Scratch. One, you should buy the Mood Food 12-week online program. Yes, <laughs> because it breaks everything down super simple. Absolutely. So it translates all the science into everyday practical use so it's 12 videos that break down the food groups you know first week's whole grains so why you should eat whole grains what are whole grains how you should eat them meal plans recipes 
Because the thing is, with your diet, you don't have to change everything. Start small. And yeah. even, you know, changing your bread to wholemeal bread, but understanding why um, has seen, you know, that's it's seen impacts in the gut in 24 hours. Um, and bigger changes can be seen in 48 hours. So the biggest mistake you can make is try and co- change it all at once. Yeah. So start small and seek um, seek professional advice you know we've got to stop going to people for advice who do not have the education in this area i think it's very um, frustrating that we eat everyone eats and it has such an effect on our body and everything Mm. um yet we're seeking advice from people who do not have you know education or profession um in this yes don't just youtube it (laughs) don't youtube it don't head to influencers don't you know if you're building a house and you need electricity you go to an electrician yes you're plumbing your house you need a plumber you go you know you need to plumb your house you go to a plumber but for some reason when it comes to diet it's like (laughs) your mom your dad someone who lost 20 kilos youtube (laughs) sensation girls on potions (laughs) so go to a dietitian yeah but you can even just go get like you know one or two sessions that's it yeah i mean just literally one session that's individualized to you or downloading an evidence-based program like mood food you (laughs) plug plug. absolutely um um, is really beneficial i mean it affects you if you're feeding anyone so if you feed any kids if you're a parent what you actually know is actually impacting multiple people so it's very it's not about blame but if you are feeding other people you know educating yourself in this area to know what you actually should be feeding everyone to make them physical and mental health um, thrive is essential. Yeah, you're doing it every day. It has an impact every day. Exactly. But three tips, I guess, would be change your white grains to whole grains and browns. Yeah. The brown and grainy are the better. Increase your vegetables. 7% of Australians meet the vegetable intake. Oh, and that's 4% scary. of kids. So oh. It's terrifying. Um, so any vegetable increase is great. And decrease that processed junk food you know focus on the whole foods and that should go away just by eating more of the good stuff and i like that you said like in your program how it's 12 weeks and it breaks everything down really simply and you're learning why because if you don't understand why you're doing something why the heck would you stick to it yeah you're like oh i've heard this is good but then once you understand the science you're like oh no it's like it's really good yeah it makes sense (laughs) this makes sense we love that Okay, um, what are some myths about gut health that are or aren't true? Like bone broth, kombucha, gut health powders, do they work, etc.? I think the myth here is there is no superfood. Right. There's not one thing that's going to transform your gut into an absolute sensation that everyone talks about. Yes. So the myth is there isn't one superfood. So all these things, yes, they have good elements, but what you eat as a whole is so much more important, you know? And which is your whole grains, your fruits, your vegetables, you know, extra virgin olive oil, all these things are just as important or more important to get in daily than, you know, having a kombucha at nighttime or, you know, having bone broth. You know, yeah. they they have their place. Um, there is science, again, against and for them. Yeah. Um, but I would say that's not that's not what you should focus on. Um, focus on your foundations. Yeah, focus on your foundations and once you feel like you're nailing it, you know, chuck the bone broth in if you want. Yeah, chuck the kombucha in. But then it's like, what kombucha? You know, kombucha yeah. needs sugar. So these sugar-free kombuchas don't work. Or yeah. if they're stored on the shelf, they're not work. They need to be kept refrigerated. So, you know, there's lots of things around it. So eat a carrot or <laughs> <laughs> and um, you'll have better luck. <laughs> we love that. Um, what is the most irritating thing you see as a dietitian online around food slash diet culture? Um... 
again, it's usually the people who it's coming from who are not educated and they are, you know, preaching to hundreds and thousands of people things that are not science related. Um, But I guess one of my pet hates is villainizing carbohydrates. Mm. (laughs) Carbohydrates are not the devil. They do not make you put on weight. They are your body's preferred source of energy. There is more research done about carbohydrates than any other food group, but it's eating the right ones. So whole grain carbohydrates are the ones that you want to try and pick. Um, But, you know, letting people know this, you know, pasta, bread is amazing. (laughs) And if you've been living a life without it, listen to me now. <laughs> they can eat it, <laughs> but just eat, choose the right types. Right, absolutely. Yeah, brown. Did you say rice or right? Right, right, oh, right. <laughs> rice. Yeah, brown rice, wild rice. Um, you know, basmati. Um, high fiber basmati rice. Sweet potato. Sweet potato. Um, but we're talking about when we talk about grains. You know, quinoa, buckwheat, um, bulgur wheat. All these things. Try new ones. They're delicious. Um, but they are not the devil. Carbohydrates are back. Yeah, bring them back, baby. We love that. We have touched on mood foods, but could you just explain a little bit more about your mood foods course? And you also do workshops and stuff. What's what's hip hop happening there? Hip hop happening. So essentially, um, Australia is leading the charge in an area called nutrition psychiatry, um, which is proving that diet is a absolutely successful and essential part of a mental health program. And the Royal Australian New Zealand College of Psychiatry put back in 2015 that, you know, number one treatment in mood disorders should be lifestyle. Oh, it's awesome. However, it takes about 17 years to translate science into reality. Holy shit. So what we're still seeing today is that, you know, people are struggling with mental health and they're going to the doctors and they're getting medication and counselling. There is a place for these, absolutely. Yeah. But they're not effective for everyone, and they're also very reactive. People are already struggling before they get these. So number one, we've created Mood Food, which breaks down the science that's proved um, that diet, that 37% of people went into remission from depression in just three months um, of nutrition intervention. Um, So we've broken down this diet into a 12-week program teaching people how to eat to prevent, treat, and beat depression. So it's really there as that one-stop shop to educate yourself what you should be eating. Um, And who should should it be for? It should be for the people who, one, eat every single day, so as a prevention. But if you do have depression or poor mental health, you know, looking at what you eat should be an adjunctive therapy. You know, it should be with counseling, with yes. medication. You know, both of these are going to work so much better if your foundations are strong. Yeah. You know, everything your body needs to do, it needs nutrients, and that comes from your diet. So the program, um, you know, it's a video series, so it's hip-hop happening, it's modern, <laughs> and we have meal plans, um, recipes. So it's just like going to a dietitian about 12 times, um, but it's online and in the comfort of your own home. Yes. And then we're also doing workplace programs. So, you know, implementing the mood food into workplaces. So again, a lot of well-being in workplaces is very reactive. People are already injured, like, you know, we can give them things once they're already unwell. But there's a big bunch of people who are just, you know, need to pre- want to prevent as well, who should be working the prevention space or using it with their current treatments. So educating people about food and mood, we're doing cooking demonstrations, diet consults, um, presentations um, as well. 
Yes, I love that. I have two things on that. First of all, so this definitely isn't just for people who maybe don't have the greatest mental health. Like this can be for people who are feeling happy and they want to make sure that they're yeah, absolutely. Preventing. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you eat. You need to know what you should eat, and this is the program which teaches you. And you might go through it and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a hero, I've been doing so well. But how do you know if you're doing well if you've never been like consulted or taught? Um, So really, it's I would say it's for everybody, um, but especially if you're a parent and you're building the gut microbiome of your kids and learning what you should be feeding them, um, you know, for yourself. Um, And if you are struggling with mental health, you know, using it as your first line of treatment or with the other treatments. Sick. And does it come with recipes? Yep. Hundreds of recipes and three months of meal plans. Oh my God. Three oh, months. No. I love that. <laughs> I love the, the video you guys released was epic. I think I watched it like 10 times, but you're like, if you're not liking vegetables, you are doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's so true. Cause I used to hate vegetables. And then I was like, I'm going to actually look up recipes exactly. to make it good. And now I'm like, Oh, I love vegetables. Yes, exactly. So there's many, you know, make your vegetables beautiful, not boring. Yes. And salads. Oh, <laughs> Stunning. Um, so where can people find more information and get involved? So follow us on Instagram at moodfood underscore nutrition. Um, jump on the website, moodfoodnutrition.com.au. And the program's there or get in touch via Andy. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'll put all the links very in the much, show notes. <laughs> we're very much online and we're ready to rock. We love that. And who's your co um Founder. Founder. So Amanda, Amanda Smythe, she is a mother of three for, uh, I was just going to say her age, <laughs> mother of three, and she's also a dietitian, and we both work also as dietitians for the Queensland Police, so that's how we met. Oh, that is so cool. I love that. I love the videos you guys post of, of her kids, like, trying the recipes. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, if they like it, anyone's going to like it. <laughs> exactly, and they're a tough, tough crowd. Oh, we got tough critics. Um, so we've got the quick five rounds now, so just... Answer this as quickly as possible. Um, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Gelati. No. <laughs> no. What's gelati? Gelato. Oh. I love gelato. Um, one meal for the rest of my life. Oof. I just don't know. That's such a hard question. <laughs> this is the hardest question I've asked you. Yeah. What's yours? What? No, I'm asking <laughs> Maybe... I'd say sushi. I'd probably even like jazzed up avocado on toast. Oh. But I get to jazz it, so I get to change the toppings. (laughs) Okay, I'll allow that. Favorite foodie you follow on the gram? Favorite foodie I follow on the gram? Or like nutritionist, dietitian? I love Ottolenghi and Jamie Oliver. Yes. You like those books? Love them. And Jamie Oliver, he's just so great. And Ottolenghi just has transformed the way I cook. I would say they're my faves. Hells yeah, I love that. What is your morning routine, if you have one? Ooh, I would wake up. What did I do this morning? Wake up around 5 o'clock, went for a run from 5.30 to 6.30, come home, have a shower, had some muesli, um, made myself some coffee, and sat down and started work. Slay, love that. Slay. Got those endorphins, got the Yeah, ready to run. I like exercising in the morning. I feel like I get the benefits of exercise throughout the day. When I do it in the afternoon, sometimes you only get it, you know, you only get the benefits in the nighttime. Yes. Yes, I like that one. What is the biggest learning point from creating your own business? Oh my God. <laughs> it's tough. Yes. Um, there's a thousand different hats that you have to wear. Um, you know, if you don't know something, you've got to find it out. You've got to do it. Um, but I guess be patient. You know, you just 
have to, you know, things don't happen in a day. Mm. Um, but it is a lot of responsibility. Mm, I can imagine. Mm, especially when you work full time and do it on the side. So, That's incredible. Um, it's very rewarding, but there's high highs and there's low lows. But as long as you have a good business partner, yes. I'm very happy. Um, I don't think I could have done it with anyone else. I don't think I could have even done it alone. Um, but they say going to business with someone is like going into a marriage. Yeah. And uh, my work wife <laughs> and I have a healthy and strong relationship. Oh, we love that. <laughs> Very important. Um, and then what's your favorite gut book you've ever read? Did I word that right? I do mm. not know. Um, Eat Yourself Healthy by Megan Rothy. It's probably my favorite up to date. Eat so, Yourself Healthy. Yeah. Ooh. So Dr. Megan Rothy. Roth. <laughs> Rothy is a gut expert doctor. Um, she's really done a lot of the foundation um, research in this area. Um, and she's got some really good books out there to help educate. Cool. We love that. Those are all the questions. Is there anything you'd like to add? Sprinkle in there. Um, just look after your gut and your gut will look after you. Oh, that's stunning. <laughs> I feel like just try really good for a week and then see the difference in your energy. Exactly. It's all right. I mean, see good, more nutritious food. Yeah. Just focus on the whole good Whole foods. Whole foods. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, and write down, take it, you know, track it, see how you're mentally feeling as well as you go. Yes. Because you guys promote track your plants, not your count. Count your serves. Count your serves, not calories. Calories. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Love that. <laughs> love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and making the time. I you're really welcome. It. Thank you for having me. If you guys enjoyed it, feel free to screenshot it, put it on your story, tag us, mood foods, Andy.bentley underscore. Mood food underscore nutrition. Yeah, there we go. We got it. Yeah, screenshot it. We'd love to see where you're listening. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Give Holly a follow. Woohoo. Thanks, Andy. Woohoo. Bye. Slay.